So I've developed a structure called 3X as a, an approach to real world problem solving. I've had personally some very powerful experiences with math in my own life. It's uh, helped me do some really fun, uh, profitable things. And so it bothers me when I see a textbook real world problem and it feels flat and inert and lifeless, whereas my own experience have been uh, alive and vibrant and very uh, interesting. So the structure proceeds like this. Um, the, the, the three acts work like this. With the first act, the student has a, a conflict to solve a, a, a central question that requires more questions to be answered. It, it maps onto movies where you have, um, you know, for instance, uh, Indiana Jones has this very central problem to solve, finding the lost ark, let's say. The student has their own central problem, and it's visual, and there's no words attached to it yet. Uh, all you see is a water tank filling up, um, or any number of situations there. And then the question uh, proceeds immediately, as opposed to the very end in a word problem. So the question might be, how long will it take to fill up this swimming pool, let's say, or um, which grocery line is the fastest to get into? And from there, in the second act, we then supply all kinds of information and tools and resources, linear equations, uh, volume formulas of cylinders, uh, dimensions of all these different things. That comes after the student has a very clear goal in their head, just like in the movies where when Indiana Jones has that central task, he then uh, recruits friends and, uh, and, and finds tools that are helpful towards that task. Oftentimes in math class, we give all that act two information and tools and resources before the student knows why they're even necessary. Um, so I'm, I'm talking about inverting that order, giving students purpose uh, that leads them to all that information, tools, and resources. And then once the student has, has used them, or the character in the movie has used them, the audience or the student is uh, very interested in the success or failure of those methods. So I tell a student that uh, the volume of a cylinder can be modeled with this equation right here. Um, and they use that information and that formula and they find a, an amount of time, eight minutes let's say, until the cylinder fills up. They're very curious, is, is math real? Does math work? Is the answer actually eight minutes? So as opposed to going to the back of the book and showing that it is eight minutes, which the students find uh, a lack of credibility there. Let's say, I show the entire water tank filling up, very simply, just film the entire thing and, and show, show it happen and they see how good or poorly math worked in the world. So those are the, those are the three acts right there. It follows a, a storytelling pattern, and it results in the students, uh, it, it's not uncommon at the end of these math problems when the students do the process just like a movie, uh, for students to get very excited by the ending. Uh, I hear applause sometimes, or suspense, um, as students' answers pass on by. So how do you make these, or how do you find them or create them? And I would encourage teachers uh, to tune into their own interests mathematically. When they find themselves solving a math problem in their own lives, oftentimes the setup for that problem for themselves was not a, like a word problem where they're given all this info in advance and, uh, and then the question is down below and the answer's in the back of the book. Instead, just they start with the question. So start with your own question and capture that. If you're building a deck onto your house, let's say, or if you're asking yourself, uh, you know, like should you buy gas before you head out uh, on a trip, like tune into that and record that data. Like record the the, the fuel meter on your car, uh, the cost of gas, how far away you're going, and bring those problems into students. But uh, resist our natural tendency. Um, to give all the information, tools, and resources in advance. Instead, just saying, hey guys, I need to figure out, should I buy gas now or can I wait? And then ask them, what information do you need from me to help you answer that? And that, prob that, that kind of problem-solving process actually maps onto how people solve problems in the world much better than the textbook's problems do. 
These three act tasks, uh, you know, they have a beginning, a middle, and end. The tools have been laid out for you. There's, um, there's a lot that goes into their construction. So I don't have students create those. They're hard for teachers to create, uh, anticipating the different places that they might go. What I would like to see, though, is uh, students and teachers, but especially students, using the tools that they have. So many of them have a camera in their pocket all the time that records great video and great photos. Let's put that to use for mathematics. And whenever the student sees something that um, strikes a mathematical nerve for them, to take a photo or a video of it and then bring that back into class, giving students a stronger sense that math does live outside there in the world, not just in the four walls of this math classroom. That's one place to start. So videos have been so helpful for me, not because they're multimedia and kids love them, some YouTube or whatever. It's not, that's not the real point there. The point is that the, the videos are not, they're raw, they're not pre-processed, they're not pre-formulated. So a lot of the problems kids get in class, um, they, they exist on this level right here where so much has already been done that the student should have done and so much remains to be done that the student won't do. Uh, they receive tables and equations and their job is just to plug in given information into those, those structures and then they're done there. So um, to, to draw the, the video example more broadly, what I'm trying to do is take a given math problem or concept and locate what is above and below it to broaden what the problem is. So one, one way we can do this is by simply withholding briefly information or even the question itself. And by, by just showing a, 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 a concise question, asking students, like, what more do we need here? They call them um, tailless problems at the Education Development Center. Well, the problem doesn't exist yet. Asking students, what do you know? Um, one I've seen, for instance, is like I have um, a, a 27 coins in my hand here. What do you know and what questions could we ask? And then I tell you that five of them are dimes or, or, or uh, loonies or whatever. And then I uh, ask, what now do you know and what more could we ask? And proceeding like that then gives students a sense of what lives up here in the realm of problem formulation, of asking more questions about the task.